Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Victorious Friday. As I always say today, I have a special guest with me today, and, and, and this is no other exception. I, I have a special uh, guest, a, a good friend, uh, one that uh, from my hometown, Chicago, Illinois. And so you know it's going to be real. You know it's going to be good. Uh, and you know we're going to have a lot of fun. But let me ask you a question. When you think about, and I'm, I'm talking to my audience now, can you imagine that right before your son's 16th birthday, an incident happens that challenges your faith? And you even begin to ask the question, where is God? Well, today my guest is going to talk about that and so many other things in her family. Terry, uh, welcome to the show. Terry Hannett, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you on board today. Well, thank you so much, Terrence, for having me, and it's definitely a pleasure to be here with you. I just value our friendship um, on a business level and on a personal level. You've just been such a joy um, and it's just, uh, I'm just grateful to God that you're part of my journey. I can say that. So thank you for having me. Um, yes, my name is Terry Hannett and um, I am a Chicago native born and bred on the South side of Chicago. And um, it's my privilege to be able to share with you today um, the Victorious family um, group um, as we come together on this um, fantastic Friday. Now it's, it's really interesting um, how my journey just kind of lays out. I'm actually a, a 50, four-year-old African-American Black woman, and proud to say it. And um, I've been married now since 1994, so I'll let you do the math on that, um, to a wonderful husband. His name is Brian Hannett. Um, I had the um, privilege of being raised by a fantastic mother um, who actually passed away in 2018, unfortunately, unexpectedly. Um, I was raised in a family with a mother and a father, but my story got a little kind of rocky there because around the age of six, my father actually passed away from a heart attack unexpectedly. So I was kind of raised by a single mom um, all the way into my latter years of college where my mother then remarried, so I had a stepdad. So really, I was kind of like going along just me and my mom. Um, without a father figure in my life. So I had to kind of navigate those waters and figure out, you know, how things actually work. Um, so it was very interesting. And that's when I realized at a very early age that the grace of God was always with me lockstep. Um, I was a child who went to Sunday school. My mom took me to Sunday school very often. I attended um, some local Lutheran churches. So I grew up Lutheran. And um, it was only until I became married 1994, so you do that math again, figure out how many years that is, that I became Baptist and knew nothing about the Baptist faith, only what I experienced in visiting some local churches. So I thought that the Baptist faith was all about music and celebration and people passing out and running around the church because in Lutheran churches, we didn't do all of that. You know, we had church and we worshiped God and, you know, it was very subdued and so forth. So introduced to the Baptist faith when I met my husband. Um, we dated for about a year. And after that, we um, began to um, walk together in marriage. That marriage afforded us a wonderful journey where I had two children, two boys, and um, Garrett and Blake. And uh, what an awesome joy and privilege it was for God to bless me with two wonderful, smart, intelligent, loving young men of God. 
Um, with that, God bless my family where we could afford to have our children go through private schools and um, private Christian schools because both of us were Christian and had strong Christian foundation and strong faith in God. So we were able to do that and work our corporate America jobs. And I broke off and went into the Christian space where I actually met you, Terrence, right? Yeah, at a company called UMI at that time. So um, had an opportunity to then start navigating and building my own faith, expanding it by working with um, many Christian leaders across the country, where I still do that today, and then develop some other um, entities of ministry myself, which I actually have, where I go and speak and teach and so forth. So it brings me to a crossroads um, in my personal life, in my marriage, and in my family. And what happened was the unexpected, the disruption of my family unit. And that disruption happened when my youngest son, Blake Eugene Hannett, had an incident in our home, in my own home with a firearm. Um, he was on the phone with one of his friends, FaceTiming the day before his 16th birthday. Heard um, a noise, apparently is what we heard. Um, heard a noise. Um, around the house, went and got my husband's firearm while speaking to his friend on FaceTime, on FaceTime, on phone. Um, apparently, I don't know if it were a situation where it was like, I dare you or something like that. I have no idea. Um, the only thing we knew that when we returned to the home, we discovered um, that my child was not responsive in his room. Um, there were bullets on the floor. So apparently there were bullets taken out of the firearm and there was one in the chamber that was left. Um, the firearm dislodged and unfortunately it dislodged and it ended my child's life. So here we are at a crossroads. So here we are as a family unit that every morning we got up and we prayed. We circled together, we rounded up the family, everybody prayed, everybody took turns praying because it wasn't about necessarily my husband being the head all the time and leading the prayer. I would lead the prayer. Um, my um, oldest child would lead the chair prayer and my youngest child would lead the prayer. So we made sure that everybody was leaning in, knowing scriptures, praying, putting the, the scriptures on the uh, refrigerator, you know, all those things that you do as a, as a parent, all those things you do to ensure that your child understands and knows the word of God. All those things you do to bring your family unit together, having the family meals together where you discuss, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, what are you looking forward to? All those things that we do, but yet a disruption, yet an interruption in your life, the life of believers. Now, my youngest son was a strong believer of faith as well, professed his faith openly and publicly, not ashamed to admit it unapologetically did so in his circles of friends, even when he was away from his family unit. His school attested to it, his friends attested to it, and many others. What happened? So one can certainly say in a, in a moment like that, where is God? What happens? And certainly I was very, um, it was very interesting to me that all of the things that had been poured into me, that had been sold into me, sown into me over the years, all of those things became bubbling up at the time when I saw that my son was unresponsive, when I looked over my child, 
my first response and my first instinct, what I did is I laid my hands on my child's stomach. I rubbed it because I used to always rub my boy's tummies. I do that all the time, still even with the oldest. But then I laid my hand on my child and I prayed. And I told God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for the 15 years of life that you allowed me to experience with this child. Viewers, I want you guys to understand Victoria's family that we are merely stewards when it comes to our children. It's interesting, we say, oh yeah, we're having a boy, we're having a girl and all that excitement that's around that, even the planning and preparing to have children and, and have a family unit. But the truth of the matter is we are, we have predestined journeys, we have predestined lives. God has chosen you and only you to bring forth a gift for a season. Ecclesiastics tells us that there is a time and season for everything. Your season of stewardship is not long many times. We get very comfortable here in this journey on earth because it seems like it's so long. Like I told you, do the math. You know, been married since 1994. Here we are in 2021. Many times, you know, people live to the golden ages of 90 and so forth, and 100 in some cases, or even 80 is considered, you know, a well-spent life. So a lot of time here is spent on earth, and we get very comfortable. And as believers, we get comfortable because we kind of get into the routine and the flow of doing things. But when those disruptions of life began to happen and shake you and shake your faith and test your faith, and allow you to say things like, where is God? How could something like this happen? We were doing all the things that were right. This is where you have to begin to understand that you are merely a steward over what God has given you for a season. Oh, that's so good, Terry. And um, yes. Yes. You know, as you thought about that question, where is God? How has that impacted your life? I mean, you've been living the faith, living out the faith and prayer mm -hmm. and reading God's word and worship and so forth, for mothering and, and loving on, on your husband mm -hmm. and your children and so forth. But this is, a, this is a disruptive, challenging moment for any mom. And, and, and I'm sure it, it's impacted you in a way. And, and I know that you're a woman of prayer. I know that prayer is a lifeblood in your, in your life. Tell me, you know, when you thought about where is God, and, and he's always there, even until the end of the days, where, what answer did, did he give you? Where, where, did it take, where is it taking you right now, even if you haven't answered? But where is it taking you right now? How has your, your prayer life changed, for example? Well, the one thing with me and through this situation of the transition of my son, Blake, um, I never questioned where is God. I knew that God was always there with me. I knew that God was in total control. Um, my husband did ask, you know, where is God? You know, why would this happen? Why would this incident occur? Why would this happen? But I never questioned where God was. I simply understood, and I had always said before, um, leading up to even the situation where I talked to others, um, spoke and different things like that, that I'm understanding that, um, we are stewards and you're stewards over a period of time. I understood that my, I understood and I understand today that my children don't belong to me. 
I'm merely chosen by God to do a task, to be a good steward over what he asked me to do. And following the word of God and standing on scripture, which I have done for majority of my life, um, and now with this transition to answer your question, it allows me to stand even more firmly on God's word, which never comes back empty. So knowing that, knowing that God would never leave me nor forsake me, knowing that, um, that God has basically told me clearly that I am to lead and guide and pour into a child, that's what I stand on. So what I do is I, what I did and what I still do today is I go back to understanding and knowing that this is merely a season and a period of time of stewardship for me. This is the ultimate piece of stewardship that I can do. And that's the steward over my children and my family. So I never question um, why. I never question why God. Now, I did wrestle with um, for a little bit of time wanting to know the conversation between the two boys, um, his friend, you know, those type of types of things. I'm like, I need to know what happened. I need to know what was said in the conversation, you know, that type of thing. So I did go through that. Um, but then I had to get to a place to stop. I just had to stop. And I just had to say, um, and I had a conversation with God even about it that, you know, Lord, if you wanted me to know the conversation, if you wanted me to know those last words or whatever those words were uttered um, between my son and his friend, you would expose it to me. If it's yes. not exposed to me, I'm not to know. And I have to be okay with that. And I am because I stand firmly on understanding that it's not my will, but it's thy will. Period. Well, Terry, I tell you, you are, you are an exceptional woman. Um, it's you know, God's I, grace. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not that people, people yeah. always say that, like, I can't believe, I mean, even going through the whole cycle, um, and this has been since 2014 that my son has been gone. So even looking at all the different milestones of, you know, I have another son who's 25 now. So looking at the milestones of graduations and proms and, you know, all these different things that you see your children progress through. And of course, other children that I'm saying that were friends of his that call me Mama Hannett. You know what I'm saying? So they're like constantly in touch with me and I'm seeing these journeys Many times you see your child, you know, like, wow, what would be happening now? You know, how, well, how would we be navigating through this? Or my son now graduating from college and, you know, now in his career and successful, my son, youngest boy would have been graduating from college um, this year, you know, and seeing all these different things just kind of knitting together and progressing and looking at, wow, I wonder where we'd be now. How would he look now? You know, all those different things. You know, people say, wow, your strength, your faith is unwavering. And I say, no, it is the grace of God. It is the grace of God. It's so imperative, um, Terrence. And when I look at um, Victoria's family and what you've kind of put together and even navigating through um, um, the classes, I just started really getting down to the classes. It's such good substance that you have put together with all of your corporate knowledge and then your Christian belief and, and all of that, that you brought these classes and courses together that every single parent out there needs to take. 
because you don't understand until you're in a crisis situation how the things that you store up and you pour in your life and the lives of your children, how they come out. And I say that because in that moment, when I went into my son's room and saw my lifeless child, all those things, all that good scripture, all that good teaching, all those things that I believed and stood on came up and out. That's why I was able to put my hands on my child and pray. Not panicking, not, you know, all these things and being able to understand what was taking place, what took place. That's faith. That's faith. That's leaning into what you don't understand. That's the whole thing of trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning not to your own understanding, allowing the Lord to navigate your path. So what you see and what you hear is not me. It's not Terry Hannon. It's not this. It's the grace of God. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're hearing. It's the grace of God that works in and through you. And he gives you this peace and this comfort. And and he promises us that he'll be with us even until the end of time. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and that, you know, to long and to desire and to reach that level of peace has to come from a place that's greater than us. We're not capable of that. This is a peace that's, that's spirit led. That's so divine. Here's where I like to take this, Terry. I mean, just great words of wisdom that you've shared uh, so far. And as you said, you know, you grew up in a Christian home. You were raised, you know, in faith and and to to understand the relationship with Jesus Christ, to understand where your strength comes from and so many other things. And in that moment, everything was challenged. But yet the strength was in you to respond through the power of the spirit. When we look at raising children, you know, what our, our verse is Ephesians 6, 4. It mm-hmm. says fathers really speaking to parents. Fathers don't exasperate your children, you know, but That's don't frustrate true. them, which sometimes I get an A plus in. But he says to train and instruct them in the Lord. And sound like that's exactly what you and your husband did uh, was to train and instruct them. And they caught that. They they were able to receive that. And you know, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So your son um, and your sons have caught that. And, and that that is certainly a comfort to know yes. uh, as a parent that, that your child uh, had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you'll see him again. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that, Terrence, because I look at my son, Garrett. Mm-hmm. Garrett is my oldest child. He's 25 years old. And looking at him navigating. So it's so funny when I was taking some of your courses and everything, and I looked at, um, you know, how do we begin to equip these children? Of course, you know, when they're in the home, you have more control. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, do. <laughs> you know, yes. but you have, because you're seeing them and you're able to engage with them and touch them and all that. But we all know that, you know, when kids get ready to go off to college, you know, some of those that go away and you pack them up and you get the dorm and all that great stuff together. And here they go on that next journey of life. Many times, young people, um, they begin to, when they graduate from high school, sometimes they graduate from church. They pull away. They start to pull away from the things that all that good stuff you sown into them and 
you know, all that stuff you instilled and all that, they pull away and they start to navigate through the world. And, you know, we live in the United States of America, which is fantastic, but we got a lot of stuff coming at a lot of young people. We got the internet, we've got social media platforms and many other different things to distract and to pull away and to challenge and to be intriguing to a young person. But, you know, I'm grateful to God that even with my oldest child and his life, that's another life being disrupted, uh, interrupted, you know, uh, with the loss of his brother. Because now at that time, he's trying to navigate as a young man in college, you know what I'm saying, figure out, you know, how to live this world and live this life growing up as a young black man downstate Illinois in college. And then he gets interrupted. He gets disrupted. You know, and I think a lot of it too, Terrence, knowing that um, the guilt that my husband um, was going through and, and facing and feeling that there was an um, unsecure firearm in the home when his wife said, don't bring it in. Then you have a, a young Black man downstate Illinois who's navigating through just the regular things of navigation as a young college um, attendee should be doing, disrupted. That I think was another driving force with me to make sure that um, my walk was according to what is written. My faith um, was unwavering. I think that there was something internal in me that really had me to dig my heels in deep because I had to be that, that anchor. I had to be that, that strong pillar for my family. So I think that was another driver. But it is such a joy um, to be able to see your children flourish. And you have some young adult children yourself. Uh, but to see your children begin to flourish, not to say that they don't stumble and fall and you know what I'm saying, get up and fall down, thrash your foot and all those different things. That happens, trust and believe. I ain't saying this is the perfect Brady Bunch, you know, <laughs> uh, type situation over here. But yeah, you know, your son go to college and they go to college parties and all those different things. And, you know, you have to kind of come back. But to see that they have that foundational faith and to see that they have exactly what the Bible says that they will have, if we do the right things, if we do what we're supposed to do, that they will come back to what they know. They'll come back to that foundation. So that is exciting. That's, that's when you start saying, Lord, you're doing exactly what you said you would do. As long as I'm, if, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, as long as we're doing exactly what God tells us to do, following the instructions, you know, um, we just always say, remember, you probably know this too, and some of the viewers probably know this, when you're pregnant, you have a child, this book, that called, it's called uh, What to Expect While You're Expecting. I don't know if you, your wife had that book. You probably did, don't even know as a father. It's a book <laughs> called What to Expect While You're Expecting. Yeah. And it's different series of it. It's like, you know, you get it when you're pregnant, mm -hmm. and then there's another one, like say the first year, and I think another one with the second year or something like that. And most women have this book, so women... Um, viewers, you're going to know what I'm talking about. But it's almost like an instruction manual when you have a kid. Well, I come to tell you that our instruction manual for parenting is the Word of God. It's all right there. It is truly the Bible. It is the written Word of God. And then it's other resources and tools 
um, such as the courses and classes that Victoria's family has to offer, because those things help you to then unpack the word of God and to have the application to apply it. Um, so you're able to really save the course. That's critical. And then you can see the fruits of your labor. Hopefully, um, you'll be able to get a chance to see the fruits of your labor. But even if you don't, like in my situation with Blake, at least you know that you've done and you are a good steward over what God asked you to be a good steward of for that season. Even if the season is cut short, you still are responsible. You're held responsible and you're held accountable as a parent to still be a good steward over what he's giving you for the time. Yeah. Now, if you're blessed to see your children go on and you have your grandchildren and possibly your great-grandchildren and all those different things and live your life into your 80s, 90s or whatever God calls you home, what a blessing, what a joy to be able to see your child live out and walk their faith. And I say that because even today, my son's 25 years old, he's looking um, um, to take on a wife soon uh, with a, a fantastic young lady, woman of God. But it's interesting just to see how his faith has just navigated and grown, how he comes to us um, to pray. You know what I'm saying? How he um, imparts um, his prayer life and his walk and his journey with his friends outside of the home. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see with your children. Yeah. How are they doing this thing and how are they living their life and walking in faith when you're not even around? And to be able to get those testimonies and those stories and hear accounts of what your children are doing and how they're sowing and passing it on um, um, and leading um, and leading others to Christ. That is amazing. Yeah. So with those things, you can be encouraged. You know what I'm saying? You can Very be encouraged. much encouraged. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about equipping a generation yep. to reach a generation. Because as you said, it, it, it's not just enough in our minds that we lead our children, but their children and their children. And so it sticks. And so that's the power of the gospel and, and the power of those 66 books that he gives us. So we have a, a rich library of resources that uh, that's timeless, right? I mean, those books are going to be around forever. Uh, they set the foundation and they will carry our future as well. You know, one area in there we talk about are family values. And in these family values, yeah. these are the things that are non-negotiable. These are things that we really believe. These are things that uh, we stick to and, and, and they, they kind of shape us in a way that, and, and some of them are biblical values and some of them are, those are, are worldly values. For example, we value education uh, mm -hmm. in my home. And so it's, <clears throat> it's not necessarily a biblical value, but he does say, uh, you know, to, to make yourself worthy, to, to, to learn his word, to not be illiterate to, to who he is and, and what right. he's done and, and so forth. So there is some education there, but uh, that was important for us. And there's other values that carry us on. Are there any values in your life uh, that was that was kind of planted early on by your parents that help you carry forth? how you mother today, how you parent today, how you have gone through this situation. Any values that come to mind, any things that sticks out? You know, I know prayer, for example, is one that you that you value. It's, it's, it's almost a ministry of yours now uh, to other people. Talk to me a little bit about that, and then we'll, we'll kind of go from there. And, 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 I, and I'm going to have you think about, so I'll give you a little time. Uh, 
two key thoughts for parents uh, who have gone through tragic situations uh, that, that kind of held you together. So first talk about those values, then talk about those key points that held you together. Cause I think a part of that is gonna be the value around prayer that you hold. But let me, let me not put words in your mouth. Let me have you uh, lead and guide that this last section. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, when you talk about family values and the things that I value, um, the older you get, and I, I can say this, this is funny. Um, my youngest child, Blake, um, I can remember one time taking him to school, high school, and um, getting up in the morning, you know, doing a little Russian thing, you know, that kind of thing, driving him to school. And he goes, you know, mom, you act just like grandma. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't act like grandma. Yes, you do. And he goes, you're going to be just like grandma. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, because you act like her now. And I said, no, 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 not me, not me. But the older I get, I, I start to see, I do, I act like my mother. And um, a lot of the things that I'm looking at, when I look at how I navigate and how I do different things, it's my mother. So it's kind of like family values have been passed on. It's interesting. Um, a lot of times in our family units, we will establish, establish certain values. Like you said, Terrence, education. Everybody is going to get educated in this home. It's, it's non-negotiable. You know, you go to high school, you go to college, you know, you get an advanced degree, period. That's what it is. So we push and we strive our children to do that. So there's certainly education was one in my family. Prayer was another one that was one in my family as well. Um, I also had, you know, just bringing the family unit together. That was something that was very important, uh, me growing up as a child in my family. It's like you had to have time where you spend time together. Now, we didn't do... Um, you know, it was mostly me and my mother at the time when I can remember early, early years, my dad, when, because um, I was very young when he died, I was like six, but, um, you know, sitting down and having those family meals, that was important. You know, even if it's like, if you're having a pizza and a salad, it's still just bringing folks together and sitting down and having a family meal. So that, that was one of the things that's very important to me. For me personally, um, I just like memory um, building kind of like um, those legacy memory moments that my children can then pass down to their children. So, you know, not just around the holidays, but some kind of activity or something that we can do together. That's really important to me, those types of things. Um, I also had incorporated, my husband actually started this, but also just starting to just kind of dissect and read the word God, you know, together. It's kind of like a very fluid, um, it's not a Bible study. You don't have it all tight like a Bible study, but just a fluid dialogue around the word of God. So being able to just talk about, okay, what's going on? Where is that in the Bible? What does the Bible say about that? We get the dictionary out, you know, and just making it a dialogue where you can begin to have those fluid conversations about things. That's important. And that was a value in our, in our family because that helps you to begin to understand the word of God to break it down so you can share with somebody else. Because yeah. many times when people are going through things, it's good to say, I'm praying for you. Look up, <laughs> you know, be encouraged. Yeah. But you know, when you're going through something, what does that mean? Yeah. That ain't telling me nothing. You know, give me something to help me navigate through this. It's like, I'm gonna tell you, okay, going out there on the pond across the street on the lake and getting a little boat but then um, you stuck out in the middle. You don't know how to get back. And I'm talking about look up, keep hope alive, pray. 
you know, no, give me an or, you know, <laughs> give me something to help me to get yeah, back, you know, you navigate this thing for me. So that's important um, to be able to have those particular things. But I think um, also um, children are sponges. Yeah. So it's important. Sometimes we establish different things, values in our homes. Like we say, you know, these are the these are our three values, our seven values or whatever they are. We may post them on the refrigerator, post them on the children's, you know, back of their door in their room or something so they can remember what it is, you know, because you're instilling this in them. But there are certain values that we have in the home that children, ch children just see and they mimic what they see. And as we become older, you realize that, wow, why am I doing things a certain way? Why is it that I clean the kitchen all the way, wash the dishes and mop the floor after every single meal, you know, different things like that. These are certain values that you saw, you know what I'm saying? They might have not have necessarily been verbalized, but these are things that you're seeing. And then you begin to pass those things down generation through generation through generation through generation. So you have the ones that are documented, then you have the ones that are not. So what can I leave? The next piece is what can I leave two things with um, someone who may be going through something or a family, um, a parent or whatever it may be. The one thing I leave with you is that um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, um, how we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to your own understanding. Um, when you begin to, in all your ways, you know, acknowledge God and allow him to direct your path. It's very critical and it's very important that as believers of faith and even new creatures in Christ, that you begin to stand and navigate only through God's written word. It, I, I love to pray. I have nothing wrong with nothing. I don't, nothing against praying. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Um, prayer helps you to purge. It helps you to feel good. Um, it definitely connects you with God. But your one connection um, that you definitely have, your solid rock, is the written word of God, which does not come back empty, period, point blank. You need to um, identify where you are, um, where, good, bad, it doesn't matter, in the good times and the bad times. Just always take assessments and kind of identify where you are. Everybody's always got something happening in their life. Doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean it's tragic but just kind of understand who you are. Get an understanding of who you are as a person. Not the, the, not the family values that, you know, been forced, you know, uh, nailed, you know, basically, you know, um, placed in your mind, you know, not um, the things that someone said, oh, Terrence, you're great at this, or Terry, you're good at this, but really being able to understand and take the time to assess who you are really understanding who you are. Who am I? What do I really think? What do I really believe? What do I really feel? What are the things that I like? What are the things I dislike? What are the things that make me do this or make me respond this way? What are those things? So beginning to take a personal assessment of yourself, understanding who you are, and then being able to look at scriptures. Like I said, we live in the United States of America. We live in a very great place because we got all kinds of tools and assets at our fingertips. We got all different translations of the Bible. We got stuff um, um, on our devices and so forth. So you can search just about anything. But being able to find scriptures 
that speak to your situation, speak to where you are. So now what you're doing is you're finding scriptures that you can stand on, your own arsenal of foundational scriptures that's helping to shape you. A lot of times I always tell people, remember back in the day when we were kids, you had to connect the dot pictures, dot one, two, three, four, five, six, 27, all that stuff. So as you begin to navigate through life, you're connecting dots and it's formulating a picture. It's forming a picture of your journey of life. It's important that you begin to have foundational scriptures for you and only you. Not what your pastor loves, not that great sermon you heard, you lifted your hands and started crying and all that good stuff and ran a loop around the building. All that's good and that's fine. Not the day that you felt really strong and you said, okay, I'm gonna pray and I'm just gonna lament and I'm just gonna lay everything out. You get to rubbing the doors and everything down with oil in the house and spraying stuff and hallelujah and all that stuff. That's all great. That's a good purging. But at the end of the day, it's that word of God that you can stand on and then you can say, God, you said that you would do this. God, you said this. That's what's needed. That's number one. That's what helps you when you're in trying situations and trying times. Because now you have something to go back to that will help you, that will navigate you. When you're unable to pray, because sometimes you get to a point, some people, I haven't gotten that, to that point, but I've heard people say, sometimes you just can't pray. But those scriptures, you can recite them. You can meditate on those things. Those things are there for you and it pulls back up in you. It comes back up. I know that's true. The other thing is getting to a place where, once again, and the scripture is that foundation that helps you to get to that place where you can really lean into that faith. Because getting to a place where understanding that you're not in control you're not in control. We control so many different things. Like, you know, as a man, you're the head of the household. You know, you control the things that goes on in your house. You can say, no, 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 we're not doing this today. No, 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 we're not doing that. In some cases, you know, Mrs. Chapman may say, no, honey, we're not going to eat that today. Terrence, we're not having pizza today. We're going to have broccoli and we're going to have a, some salmon. You know, so you those things you control. You know, um, you know maybe if it's, you know, getting um, a certain job that you want or going after a career path or something, you feel that you can you control those things, whatever it is. The bottom line is we are not in control of anything. God is in total control of everything. Our lives have been predestined and already navigated and laid out. The Lord is looking at how we're going to trust him, okay, and not lean here to our own understanding to get through this thing called life. So you have to begin to get to a place where you're able to understand that God is in control. He's in the front. He is the head. When you look at the divine order of family, divine order of family is this. It's God, the husband, the wife, and then the children in birth order. It's not the husband, the children, the, I'm sorry, the husband, the wife, the children, and then God. Or it's not the husband, God, the wife, and then the children. God is first. He's the Alpha and the Omega, period. We have to, as people, as flesh and blood beings, get that understanding. And understand that 
the enemy operates in one place right here. That's it. Well, Terry, That's you've given operate. us you've given us so much there. And um, I hope that the audience today have heard this message from Terry Hannett. She's a mother, she's a wife, uh, she's a hard worker out there in corporate America and in the nonprofit space and and working with churches all around this nation and if not around the world. And so Terry, the wisdom that you brought today has been so powerful and we thank you for your message. You know, one thing as I, as I wrap up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it reminds me of something that I wanna make sure we leave here with is that we're seeking God's glory, his authentic glory by means of his amazing grace according to the truth. And that's what Terry was talking about, according to the truth of his work. And, and as we seek that truth through his grace, seeking his glory, uh, we can rest through all circumstances there. Terry, thank you so much for your message today. I'm praying that so many parents uh, will just attach themselves and connect with this message today. You've always uh, never ceased to amaze me, and uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I got to come home to Chicago, get me that Chicago dog and pizza and so oh, forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, some, some barbecue or whatever. But I know I'm going to always find a good friend there when I come and in the Hannett. So uh, thank you so much, Terry, and you have a blessed day. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate the work that you're doing with Victoria's families. Thank you.